0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to welcome in Earl Grant, head basketball coach at the College of Charleston. Jarrell Brantley played four years there and was just drafted by the Utah Jazz with the 50th pick of the NBA draft. And the coach joins us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Coach, good morning. Good morning, guys. So, what do you think Jarrell Brantley did that caught the Jazz eye? What's a, what's a number one thing that an NBA scout would look at and think, wow, that guy?
1: Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing probably is just his uh, his size, uh, his skill level for his size. I mean, he's six seven, two hundred and fifty five pounds, and he's uh, a guy that can – You know, shoot the three ball. He's a guy that can rebound and lead the break. Uh, He's a really good passer. So I think it's probably just a combination of size and skill level.
0: Could you speak to his level of improvement over the time that you had him when he was in college? Because I think that, you know, you see someone, and as they get better, and what are they doing behind the scenes when the lights aren't on could maybe give you an insight to how much better he can be and what his work ethic is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he really improved uh, from year to year. Uh, Certainly he was a gym rat uh, for the four years uh, here at the College of Charleston, but I think, I think a big part of his improvement started uh, his senior year. I mean, he's a South Carolina kid, uh, played three years of high school basketball here in South Carolina, and then for his senior year, he moved to Baltimore, or right outside of Baltimore, uh, in between Baltimore and D.C., at a school called Montrose Christian. And when he got there, you know Alonzo Trier and Patrick Macau. Uh, who Patrick was got three championships, two with the Golden State Warriors, one with the Toronto Raptors. Alonzo Trier played for Arizona and then went to uh, got uh, playing for New York Knicks. Now one of their really good players. But I think going to Montrose his senior year and seeing those guys work hard and have a commitment probably was something that turned a light on in him. And then knowing that they got drafted or they're playing in the NBA made him believe, you know, I could play in the NBA, too. So he was very confident. But uh, just his four years here at the College of Charleston, he he really got better because he wanted to be in the gym, always the first one in, always the last one out. And so I think that stuff just, uh, you know, translated and allowed him to get better each and every day.
0: So when you were recruiting him, how good was he? Were there other schools after him? How did he end up, uh, how did you end up
1: getting him? I mean, he was good. Uh, Obviously, he was good. You know, we wouldn't have took him if he wasn't good. But uh, at the time, we took him. uh, He was at a prep school. When he left Montrose Christian, he went up to Massachusetts. So he's kind of a journeyman. Uh, You know, you had the CBA back in the day before you get to the NBA. So he's kind of like a journeyman of a, you think about a young guy that's in the NBA, he's just, you know, his story of where he moved around and, uh, you know, he's just been on a journey. But but we saw him up in Notre Dame Prep in Massachusetts uh, after he left Montreal as Christian. And we took him really because of spirit and enthusiasm and just life. I mean, he was full of life. We were looking for, we were trying to turn our program around and we were looking for guys that were energetic and had a good spirit about them and played hard. And so... Uh, it wasn't even his skill level that uh, attracted us to him. It was more of just, you know, clapping and dapping his teammates and going after loose balls and, uh, you know, just playing the game with a with an unbelievable spirit. And 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 again, uh, his, his his skill level caught up with his spirit. Uh, but that's why we we wanted him because of that. But you know, he did get recruited. Uh, you know, he took visits to a couple other universities before he visited us. And he had a visit set up to go to Hawaii after us. He canceled that. Um, and so, you know, we were very fortunate to get him.
0: What is his range offensively?
1: Well, I mean, he's, um, he can really shoot. He can shoot the three. He's gotten better year to year in terms of shooting the three. Um, and I think sometimes he had to just make sure his shot selection is good. He shot a good percentage. But, you know, now being in a, on a team with so many threats and so many good players, he's going to have to pay attention to his shot selections because he won't get as many attempts that he would get here at the College of Charleston. But uh, but he, he can shoot the three, and you know, he was a terrific free-throw shooter. Uh, he got fouled a lot. And, again, he presented a mismatch because when he defensive rebounded, he was so good at leading the break. And finding his teammates, and he was a willing passer. So uh, he's just very skilled. There's so many things he can do, and I, I I anticipate him, you know, being a good pro for for a lot of years.
0: So when you start talking about that, can he handle the ball? Can he run a pick and roll? Or is that asking too much of him?
1: No, he can handle it. You know, uh, there was some in his sophomore year. We discovered a couple teams in our league were picking us up full court and pressing, uh, going with the full court pressing. And uh, we discovered the best way to break the press is to let him inbound the ball, let them trap, throw it back to him, and then clear out. And so we found ourselves coming up with a few things for him to initiate the offense as a point guard. And so that was his sophomore year. And obviously he got confidence, and uh, he really got more comfortable you know, bringing the ball up the court. We had a few set plays where he would come off a ball screen to see, you know, how, how the team would guard it because most times you don't see a power forward coming off the ball screen in the center, trying to figure out between those two how to guard it. Mostly it's a guard and a big. so we found that people that, you know, had a hard time uh, figuring out what to do. Do you switch it? Do you hedge it? Um, and he did a good job taking care of the ball that way. So he certainly can. Can bring it off of a ball screen and make good decisions. But I think that's the area that he can continue to grow. I think he's got a lot of more areas he can grow and I don't think he's reached his potential yet. So at 6'7",
0: 255, can I say that he has an NBA body?
1: Yeah, he's got an NBA body. He's got an NBA body for sure. Um, you know, built kind of like Larry Johnson, you know, uh, from, from the Hornets back in the day, the Charlotte sure. Hornets, but but just big and physical, uh, can run, you know, uh, can defend. You know, we would switch him out on guards and let him go, uh, defend perimeter players. So he brings a lot of versatility uh, to the league. You know, now he's just got to go in and try to find a special, uh, figure out what Utah would want him to do, and, and be able to specialize and find a niche uh, based on what they need him to do because they got a great team, and and you're going into a team that's used to winning, so. I would imagine they're going to need him to have a niche. And if he finds a good niche, I think he can really help them, Um, you know, now that I guess Jay Crowder got traded.
0: Earl Grant, College of Charleston head coach, joining us. He coached Jarrell Brantley. The Jazz used the 50th pick in the draft. So you've given us a lot of positives. There's a lot of reason for hope. But he went 50th for a reason. 49 guys went in front of him. What's he got to improve on? What, what are the NBA doubts that other teams were, were passing on him?
1: Well, I, mean, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, probably more than anything is just decision-making and, again, trying to find a niche because he has so much freedom here to go make plays and and, and be a player and, you know, we pump confidence into him, but his volume, he had a lot of volume. He had a lot of minutes, he had a lot of shot attempts. We went to him a lot in different situations. So I think the biggest area of improvement would be, you know, you got a certain role to fill at this level and you got to buy into that role. You got to figure out what it is and buy into it. I think it can be a lot of different things. Uh, He certainly can continue to improve his three-point shooting with all of the space in the NBA and the way teams are shooting it now, you know you watch some of these teams, and you especially you watch uh, that third or fourth shooter, you know, not the one or the two, not the the guys that are really making the plays, but that third and fourth guy found himself open a lot, you know, in the corner and at the top of the key with space. So I think with the NBA three-point line being pushed out a little bit further, he's got to continue to improve his shooting. And then, again, I, the next thing would be just the decision-making. Um, you know, you're not going to have as much rope uh, to maybe take a chance and turn it over some. You're probably going to have a shorter rope. So, again, you know, finding his niche, uh, a little bit of decision-making. You know, maybe they don't want him to bring it up like we had him bringing it up. You know, bringing it up. So maybe you got to find a point guard and do some different things. So, again, finding a niche and then extending his three-point range I would say those are the two, the two biggest things. And then really take care of his body. Uh, you know, he probably can, you know, continue to get in great shape with the type of athletic uh, resources he's going to have in terms of weight and nutrition and things of that nature. Uh, those would be the things, I think, uh, that are important for him to improve and to be a good pro.
0: How would you describe his agility and ability to stay in front of his man?
1: I think it's really good, um, you know, with him being that big, I think it's really good. We would we would move him around a lot, you know. Again, he we inverted him some, played like a point guard, but there's times we played him at the center, and there's times we played him at the four, but when we went with him at the center, we switched one through five. We switched every ball screen. And he did a really good job of keeping guards in front. Obviously, we had really good guards in our league, and one of them is going to be his teammate. <laughs> So uh, he did a good job, uh, you know, guarding those guys, you know, keeping them in front. So I think he's pretty good that way. But again, I think the nutrition and the strength and conditioning uh, continue to work on his body. He probably, can, he probably can afford to be 245 pounds instead of 255. So I think uh, there's a lot of room for him to grow. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he, you know, adjusts to this new – this team in this new role.
0: You know, you point that, uh, you know, just due to his size, his quickness, his athletic ability, you could use him as kind of a wild card there. Of course, the NBA, there's just awesome athletes every time you turn around. Is he going to be able to overmatch many guys
1: in the NBA? Will
0: he be overmatched by guys in the NBA athletically?
1: You know, I don't know. I mean, the only, I mean, certainly those guys are big and those guys are athletic and they're some of the best players in the world. So it's going to be hard. It's going to be a challenge. Um, But, I mean, I only can go off of the sample size of, you know, who we played. I mean, you know, when we played LSU, when we played, um, you know, Memphis, when we played VCU, when we played uh, some of those, Auburn, you know, I mean, we played Auburn in the NCAA tournament. He had 25 points and, you know, 14 rebounds. I mean, we played Memphis. He had 24 points. We played VCU. He had 27 and 12. So, I mean, I only can judge it by when we played against teams that have bigger and more athletic guys, I guess the closest in terms of size and athleticism that you may see in the league, maybe at LSU, uh, and he go for a double-double. That's my only representation of knowing, you know, maybe what he can do against a higher-level player. And, and every time we went against those teams, it, he just really – he played like he should have been at their level, you know, uh, SEC ACC uh, at that level. So, I mean, he is physical. Again, I mean, he's big and strong, so it'll be an adjustment because I know those guys are athletic and big and long at, that, at the NBA. Um, but I think he'll make the adjustment.
0: When it comes to rebounding, what's his aggressiveness?
1: I mean, he was really good at defensive rebounding, and I think some of the reason was that's the only time I allowed him to push it. <laughs> And so he liked to have the ball in his hand, and he liked to push it. So if he didn't get the rebound, I told him to run to the rim. But when he got it, he could bring bring it and lead the break. So he was really going after those defensive rebounds. Uh, He was a good offensive rebounder. I think that's an area where he can improve. Like I said, I think on a team like Utah that is really good already but probably needs some pieces to get them over the hump. One of the niches that he probably could provide is the energy plays, you know, the deflections, the steals, the charges, the loose balls, the offensive rebounds. So he's going to have to, you know, again, because you're not going to take all the shots. You probably got to go to the glass. Um, And so I think the offensive rebounding is an area that he can improve and it can be a big deal for him, helping him with energy plays. Um, Because, again, his shots, he won't get as many shots as he got in college. And so – He's got to do something different, uh, but but I do think he's a really good rebounder.
0: Did the Jazz talk to you, and what did they want to know? If they did,
1: you know, I, I, they didn't talk to me. Uh, they spoke a lot to his agent. Um, you know, he got a really good guy representing them, so they spoke a lot to him. Uh, obviously, Jarrell went out there, got some feedback, you know, from them. Uh, I may have talked to a scout early on in the process. You know, just about character. You know, most times when the guys call you, they know who the players are um, as it as it pertains to their skill level. They just want to know about character. You know, who does he hang around with? Uh, is he on time for practice? You know, is he is he uh, how tough is he? What's his pain threshold? You know, does he have any children? You know, like uh, so. You know, I think he's a unique kid. He's got a degree. He graduated on time and and uh, got drafted. So that's a pretty good year for him. But the only, the only conversation I would have ever have with them would have been early, and it was just more about character.
0: Well, Coach, we appreciate you uh, giving us a few minutes to talk about your guy, who's now the Jazz guy, and uh, Earl Grant, coach of uh, College of Charleston basketball team, joining us here. Thanks for a few minutes.
1: Thanks, guys.